I want you to get your Bibles quickly and go to the Gospel of St. Matthew. Chapter number 5. Verse number 1. We read verse 1 through 9. The Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter number 5. Verse number 1 through 9. You can't find Matthew. Uh, come on to the altar. We're going to pray for you. <laughs> you really ain't been to church in a long time. <laughs> Matthew and Genesis you ought to have in the bag. <laughs> Let's stand for the reading of God's word. Thank you. Amen. Your pastor... I love him, but he's sneaky. He told me, uh, I told him I was going to speak to her. I told him, he said, my doors are always open. You know, he, he, that's hinting. So I said, I'd love to come up here and, and do a service for you. He said, that'd be nice. He said, we were talking to him a little How you feel about doing a couple of them? Or maybe three. And then when I got here, he said, might be four. <laughs> but you can't say no to him. I don't know what it is. I'm going to get him to come down there and ask my people to do stuff because you can't say no to your pastor. <laughs> I get some stuff done down there. You come down there and ask him. We're going to be in the fifth chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew, verse 1 through 9. This is a part of my Let It Go series, uh, and I'm going to share with you out of the Word. And seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. I'm going to stop right there. He's telling us about blessed attitudes. Blessed attitude. I wonder, do you have a blessed... Ooh, got, got quiet. I thought y'all was going to shout me down. Do you have a blessed attitude? Let me ask the people you work with. The people you live with. You had one when you was dating. You had one when you first got the job. You had one when you first joined the church. You had one when you first got in the choir. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Whole choir got nervous. I better pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
Search our hearts. Know our ways. If you find any wicked way, take it out of us. Those things that are toxic to our development, remove them so that we can be free to do what you would have us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. There is something here that, that God has got me on a mission on. I spent about a year of writing and studying and praying and going through the word and going through various medical journals and materials to come to some sort of conclusions and understanding around this whole thing of forgiveness. This, this forgiveness. Why do we have trouble doing it? Uh, why do we have trouble receiving it? Why do we have trouble believing uh, that, that, that God could forgive you but not believing that he could forgive me? Why do we have trouble being able to express it? Why is it that we live in a society that celebrates people for being unforgiving? The harder you are, the tougher you are. The more unforgiving you are, the more you are celebrated, for instance, for being a strong black woman. I'm a strong black woman. Just mean you mad. <laughs> you know, and, and we celebrate that. Don't take nothing, girl. Girl, that's right. Don't take nothing. We celebrate people for their anger. Men are intimidated to forgive. I'm What's wrong with you? We see it as strength, when in reality, it takes more strength to forgive than it does to remain hostile and sick and toxic and angry. Forgiveness is a big idea. It's a big, tall idea. And you have to be a big person to be able to do it. Little people cannot do it. They're too small. They're too... Petty. They're, they're too sensitive. They're too easily offended. They're, this is a big idea. You have to be a big person to be able to embrace it. It is a big idea for people who have eagle eye vision, who can see the big picture, and they're willing to lose the little war, the little battle, so that they can win the war. Oh, do you hear what I'm saying to you? The one thing that Jesus promised and preachers do not preach, we preach about the blessing plans and the healing plans. And I grew up in the era when all the, they had blessing plans and 10, 10 steps to a blessing plan, five ways to get a miracle. Here's the piece of Jesus shroud and tied to your underwear and you're going to be blessed and uh, put, put blessed doodle dust in your pocket and you can't lose with the stuff I use and everybody had a blessing plan and everybody was trying to be blessed but the thing we don't understand Jesus is teaching a blessing plan based on attitude he says when your attitude is a certain way you will walk into supernatural blessings and he shares a promise that I hardly ever hear any preachers preach about. And consequently, we are malnourished and underformed in this area. We get the promises about healing and the promises of prosperity and the promises of property and the promises of Kool-Aid is going to come out your water fountain. If you say Jesus seven times and spin around on one foot and hop up and holler and holler now, holler loud as you can. You're going to get it right now. One, two, three, four. Boom. We got all of that. We got all of that. But let me tell you a promise you don't hear. Jesus told his disciples offenses will come 
That's a promise. Offenses will come. If you avoid offenses, you avoid life. Offenses will come. They will come over and over and over and over and over again. They will come. I don't know whether the mail is going to come, but offenses will come. The longer you live, the more things are going to offend you. It is impossible to hide from it. You cannot dodge it. Everywhere you go, you will run into offenses. You must understand that your ability to handle offense will determine your direction for the next 20, 30 years of your life. <laughs> Write this down. God will promote you to the level of your tolerance of pain. God will promote you to the level of your tolerance of pain. At the point that you can't handle pain, you lose the promotion. He promotes you to the level of your tolerance of pain. If you can't take it, you can't be promoted. You can't handle it, you're too sensitive, you can't have it. In the corporate world, the people who get the big bucks are paid to handle problems. You can't be an executive and you can't handle stress. You can't be a manager and your feelings are sensitive. You can't run a corporation and you can't handle problems. We don't put you in a corporate office to overview in the city with glass all around you not to handle problems. We gave you that so that you could process the problem. The big bucks go to problem handlers. People who can solve it. People who can make it happen. People who can get it done. The less you have to be responsible for, the smaller the compensation. The greater you have to deal with, the more they're paying you. They're paying you to deal with problems, issues, and circumstances. And there's nothing worse than putting a little person in a big position. Oh my God, I think I'm going to tweet that myself. There's nothing worse than putting a little person in a big position. They walk around with their chest all stuck out and they're looking important, but they never get anything done. They can't handle anything. They're angry with everybody. They fall out with everybody. They're power tripping because you got a Napoleon spirit and you're not big enough to be able to manage the position that you're in and you end up being a hater to people who get things done because you can't handle what has been given unto you. So when you ask for promotion, you're asking for problems. Get that in your head. When you ask for promotions, you're asking for problems. You're asking for offenses. You're asking, fill my desk with offense. I can handle it. I'm the man for the job. I'm here to represent. I can handle it. Let me put it in Bible language. To him whom much is given, much is required. You can't get the much giving if you're not going to deal with the much required. Let me break it down in colloquialism. New levels, new devils. The higher you go, the more you're going to have to confront with every day. We must be able to handle these offenses. And when Jesus taught this, they said, okay, how shall I handle this? He said, well, shall I forgive my brother seven times? Jesus said, it has been said unto you, you shall forgive your brother seven times. But I say unto you to forgive him seven times seventy. Well, we can multiply seven times 70, but Jesus is not after the answer to the number. He is trying to say, I want you to be perpetually forgiven. As soon as you get offended, throw it off. As soon as you get offended, throw it off. As soon as you get offended, throw it off. As soon as you get offended, throw it off. Don't let anything collect in you or build in you or corrode in you or become toxic in you. Whatever they did and whoever did it is not worth it. It is not worth it to allow your history to abort your destiny, to sabotage your promise, to end 
in what God said he would do in your life, you got to be able to shake it off. If you're going to be the disciples, you got to shake it off. If you're going to be the king, you got to shake it off. If you're going to be in power, you got to be able to shake it off. You can't breathe in air and inhale and not exhale. You can't have a car that doesn't have an exhaust pipe. You can't eat food and not eliminate. Whatever you do, you got to be able to take in and let out and take in and let out and take in and let out. And if you stop breathing, if you stop taking it in and letting it out, you stop breathing and you die. If you clog up the exhaust pipe, the engine will eventually explode. If you're not able to eliminate, your body is going to pop. The problem is you have a system for elimination in every area except your heart. Your heart is always taking in offense after offense after offense after offense after offense. And if you're not careful, it will begin to damage your attitude. And the person that you used to be, that you could have been, that you would have been, that you were designed to be, begins to corrode from the toxicity of the buildup of all the things that have happened to you. You are a blessed people. We are. We are blessed. We are created in Christ Jesus. We are created in Christ Jesus, a unique individual. There has never been another you. There has never, ever been another you. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years. There's never been another you. There never will be another like another you. They can walk like you. They can talk like you. They can get their hair done like you. There will never be another you. You are a designer's original, uniquely and fearfully and marvelously made in Christ Jesus. You were created by a creator in his likeness and in his image. Because your creator made you in his likeness, you are creative. You are creative. You know you're creative when you can take a little bit of nothing and do something with it. We are creative. Throw us in the woods and we'll make trees in the tables. We are creative. We can take anything and make something out of it. We didn't have all of this equipment years ago. Our grandmothers had washboards and turned over pots and start beating on pots with sticks and we made music. I don't care what you put us in, we'll turn it into something and make something out of it because we are creative people. Created in Christ Jesus, we are creative. Until we collect so much offense that we are using all of our energy to manage our pain. And all of the energy that could be going toward the abundant life and the progressive life and the promises of God that are in your life. The, your power is not being used in your destiny because all of your engines are exhausting power maintaining your history. Forgiveness is not an idea that, that alleviates uh, the perpetrator of his responsibility. It is not about the perpetrator, it's about liberating the victim. It says you abused me once, that was your fault. But if I continue to regurgitate it over and over again, that's my fault. I'm not going to live in where I've been when I have an opportunity to cut the cord between me and you and live in where I'm trying to go. Forgiveness doesn't mean I agree with you. It doesn't mean I think you were right. It doesn't mean that you were flawless. It just means that I have too much in front of me to allow the things behind me to leave me incarcerated and bound by you. 
And I am not going to wait for you to forgive. I'm not going to wait for you to ask for forgiveness. You may not ask for forgiveness. I can't give you that much power that I put my life on hold waiting on you to come to yourself. I'm not going to wait on it. I'm not going to wait on you to pay me back. You may not ever pay me back the money. I'm not going to lose the peace over the money. I can get some more money if I got some peace. So I'm not going to give you that much power. Besides, some of the people we need to forgive are dead. If you're waiting on them to say, I'm sorry, they'll never be able to do it. But if nobody else cuts you loose, you got to be able to cut yourself loose and say, I'm not going to die right here. I am going to let it go. Touch three people if you will say, let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. You're too big to think that small. You're too high to be that low. You're too great to be that little. You're too powerful to be that petty. You can't do like your mama did. You can't do like your grandmama did. You've got to let it go. Glory to God. So when Jesus is teaching his disciples how to be blessed, he deals with their attitude. Because your attitude is going to have everything to do with your altitude. Your attitude is going to have everything in the world to do with your altitude. So if I was the devil and I was really trying to stop your progress, terminate your future, I can't stop God from blessing you, but I can get you out of alignment where you don't have the blessed attitude to be able to receive what he has for you. And all of a sudden, you're operating at 50% of the woman you could have been. 30% of the man you would have been had you not been through what you've been through. When you carry it, the toxicity of it begins to poison your soul like cancer. So Jesus says, the art of survival necessitates no matter what I throw on you, no matter what life throws on you, get out of it what you can, exhale what you can, and keep it moving. Take in what's good, Throw out what's bad, keep on moving. Eat the meat, spit out the bones, keep on, oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I'm gonna take you back to your mama's wisdom and your, your grandma's wisdom. You see, really big people don't act small. I've been blessed in my life, born in the hills of West Virginia on the side of a mountain in a little raggedy house that was supported by a four by four post. We sat out there, we had one floor furnace and all the whole family be standing over top of the furnace trying to stay warm in the winter. I know what it is to come from meager beginnings. I've also been to the tops of the mountains. I've been with the greatest of the great. I've sat with the last three presidents. I've sat with nine heads of state. I've sat with CEO executives, actors and entertainers at the top of their industry and the top of their career. I've been with the greatest lawyers in this country as they negotiated deals, navigated closing, and I learned that there is a characteristic amongst great people that other people don't know. Great people can argue in a boardroom. They can fight over a principle. They can slam down desks. They can declare their position. They can argue endlessly and then look at the watch and say, well, Jim, it's 12 o'clock. Let's get something to eat. And I say, you're going to eat with him? You all fought. You cussed each other out. You were yelling and screaming, and now you're going to eat? I was scared to eat. I thought the food would be poison. 
but they would be laughing and talking because big people don't let petty problems stop them from seeing the greater picture of what they're supposed to do. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying? Oh, I wish I had something. See, and when you have been conditioned to think like a chicken, you can't fly like an eagle. You can get the degree like an eagle. You may even get the office and the job like an eagle, but you're going to always mess it up and fall back down from your promotion because you don't have the attitude. You've got the degree, but you don't have the attitude. You're pretty enough to be a wife, but you don't have the attitude. You look like a great woman, but you don't have the attitude. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying? You can't bond with the man you got now because you are still married to the man you had before. As soon as you let go of who you were connected to, you can connect to who you got right now. You cannot hold on to your history and have your hands out for your destiny. Help me preach this morning. Just three people say, let it go, let it go. You see, I, I hate to do sacrilege to the gospel bird, but let me tell you something. Chickens, that's a gospel bird. Chickens are the gospel bird. Y'all city folk, y'all don't know nothing about chickens. My mama's from Alabama, my dad is from Mississippi, so I understand this. Chickens eat off the ground. They eat off the ground. They eat in the direction of their vision. Whatever's on the ground, they'll eat it. They'll eat sticks, they'll eat corn, they'll eat feces, they'll eat anything. They'll eat their own waste. And the reason they can't fly very high is because of what they eat. You can't eat stuff you should have released and still be able to fly on the level you need to fly. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying to you. I'm going to drive the chickens out of this place today. I'm going to drive them out of Zion. I'm going to drive them out of Glen Harden. I'm going to drive them out of this service. I'm going to drive every chicken out of here. I want to preach to some eagles. Eagles don't eat feces. Eagles don't eat waste. Eagles don't eat out the ground. They fly to the top of the mountain. Are there any eagles in this place? As long as you eat what you should have released, you will never fly on the level you need to fly. Because you may have an eagle position, but you got a chicken mentality. I believe personally that's why eagles make love in the air. Did you know that eagles make love in the middle of the air? They soar 40, 50 feet in the air and then they intertwine and embrace, embrace and as they spiral down, they make love in the air. I believe God designed it that way so that they could not inadvertently make love to a chicken. When you think on a level up here, you can't hook up with somebody who's eating the trash. 
Oscar Flora, you got to think on that. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying to you. Don't you fool with me. I'll set it off in here. I'll set it off in here. You got to get out the arms of the chickens and spread your wings and fly with the eagles. Your attitude determines your altitudes. Your attitude determines your altitude. If you could change your attitude, you could fly on a different level of altitude. Oh, do you hear what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit more than I did the first service. The reason that we are tied up like we are is because we got our attitude from where we came from. How we process offenses is a result of the environment we were raised in. If your daddy practiced avoidance, didn't talk much, whenever there was a confrontation, he stormed out the house, now you storm out of the house. If your mama popped her neck and said, let me tell you a thing or two, now when you things get on your nerves, you pop your neck. You didn't learn it in school. You didn't take it in college. You didn't pick it up in class. It's happening to you because you saw it around you. You didn't come here being unforgiving. It's not natural to be unforgiving. It's your children are not unforgiving. Little babies, you can spank them for one minute and they're hugging you the next moment. They can get in a fight with the little boy across the street. The parents will be angry and the kids will want to go outside and play. Unforgiveness is a learned behavior. It's, well, you don't hear what I'm saying. You're trying to defend yourself. You're trying to protect yourself. You're trying to insulate yourself. But you must understand, unforgiveness does not hurt your enemy. It hurts you. For you to be unforgiving is like you drinking poison and waiting on him to die. And so Jesus says, he says, boys, I'm going to use you like you've never been used before. But I've called you up on the mountain so that you can have an attitude adjustment. Because if you can learn that no matter what life hands you, you just throw it off. No matter what it hands you, you just let it go. No matter what it hands you, you just let it go. He says, I can take you to a level that you could have never been before. But I cannot take chickens to the mountains no more than I can put eagles in a coop. You will have to make a decision if you want more in the second half of your life than what you had in the first half of your life, then you're going to have to let the first half go. Am I preaching this thing? I say, am I preaching this thing? Touch your neighbor and say, let it go. The score is not even, but let it go. You didn't get in the last word, but let it go. They never paid you back the money, but let it go. If you let go of where you've been, God will give you so much of where you're going that what God has for you is not worthy to be compared to what is behind you. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things which are before. Is there anybody reaching for something, snatching at something, trying to pull it down? Jesus didn't say, I come that you might have church. He said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Some of us, the only joy we get is in church. 
everywhere else they're pulling at us and tugging at us and yelling at us one more from us everybody brings their problems to you their issues to you their circumstances to you you go to bed tired you get up tired you drive to work tired you were not designed to live with this level of stress you're carrying you were not designed to be a dump site for everybody's waste you were not designed to be a destination for everybody's issue everybody's dysfunction everybody's crisis everybody's situation in fact it's a miracle you haven't had a nervous breakdown already it's a miracle you haven't had a heart attack already it's a miracle that you're not eating out a trash can somewhere right now but God has sustained you had mercy on you given grace to you empowered you because God has a plan for your life but he sent me here to tell you I bless you as far as I can bless you with the attitude you've got in order to go to the next level you got to start saying I don't need that I don't need this I don't need that I don't need the other I don't need this I don't need that I don't need don't need don't need don't need help me preach this slap somebody say let it go I Y'all get me excited. Something's going to happen in here this morning. Touch your neighbor and say, something's going to happen in here this morning. Somebody's going to get liberated in here this morning. Somebody's going to get set free in here this morning. Somebody's going to get the power of God working in here this morning. Somebody's going to get rid of their pain and their toxic waste in here this morning. They're just going to let it go. This is something you do for you. It's not about them. It's about you. You've got to do this so you can survive. Simply let it go. I feel like a prophet coming bringing a prophetic word. You have gone as far as you can go with the load you have been under. You have been tormented by memories and scars, repeating the same words, same scenes, same incidents over and over again. You are looking down and eating down and flapping hard, but not going anywhere. Don't you think that chickens don't try to fly? They flap up a mess. Feathers going everywhere. But they can never quite leave the proximity of where they eat. They get up for a minute, but they go back down again. They get up for a minute, they go back down. They get up. Think about your life over the last few years. Every New Year's, I'm going to thrive in 2005. It's going to be fixed in 2006. Going to heaven in 2007. Going to be great in 2008. By May or June, you're back down where you've been eating. And so for the past year, God has been talking to me to talk to you, to say in order to get this done, you have got to be prepared to let it go. I saw one of them, give him a praise, give him a praise, give him a praise. 
I saw, I saw one of my pastors last year. I said, Pastor, you don't look good. He said, oh, I'm tired, but I'll be fine. And uh, I said, oh, you, you better get some rest. And Pastor Robinson, three days later, he was in the hospital. Doctor said 70% of his blood flow was not reaching his heart. Arteries clogged with the little things. Clogged so slowly that he never even noticed that he was operating with a deficiency. No sudden pain have gotten used to operating with less. And the doctor says, I have got to get the little things out of your heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The word pure is where we get the word catheter. God said, if you can get a catheter in your heart and drain all the toxicity that has accumulated in your emotions, I will increase your vision to see like an eagle rather than to flutter like a chicken. If you can make it to the next level, he says, you must realize that people are not getting the you I created you to be. They're getting you operating from a deficiency. There's another woman in you he has not seen. There's another husband in you that she has not even touched. There's another father, there's another leader, there's another creative entity, there's great ideas shut up and they're shut up behind the little things, the little things. And so I'm gonna run this catheter right up into your heart. And the catheter is a catheter that says, let it go. And as it begins to release, you're gonna begin to let go of everything, every weight. It keeps pulling you back down to the ground again. You got to determine, do you want to embrace your destiny? Or do you want to flutter on the ground in your history? This is a decision only you can make sure. You showed your daughter you'd have the last word. You won the argument, but you lost the child. You let every man know, don't even try it with me. You barked them all away and then cried because they were gone. If you don't learn how to forgive, you cannot live. You cannot thrive. You cannot move forward. And you will always suffer. You will always suffer in the chicken coop of your memories if you do not find the grace to let it go. Stand to your feet. I cannot, I cannot cram in a small setting something that I have been studying for a year. But trust me when I tell you, I only scrape the surface of what I have to tell you about let it go. About your forgiveness, about how you process pain, about what you inherited from your relatives, and how you have to break that, that pathology that culture of dysfunction that makes you think that unforgiveness is a shield 
and a defense when it is a thief and a robber. Join hands with your brothers and sisters. You have no idea the offenses they have collected. I want to pray with you today because I know there's another man in you screaming, trying to get out. There's another woman, a creative, bright, resourceful, effective woman down in there screaming, trying to get out. I know you are not a chicken. You may have been raised around them. You may act like them. You may even process your pain like them. But there is an eagle inside of you that is destined for another level. This is a turning point moment. God told me if I would go and teach it and, and preach it and share it and minister it, write it and give it in a book in every possible way I could. He said if I would give it, somebody would spread their wings and they would fly. Squeeze that hand. It takes courage to let things go. Things that hurt you. Things that wounded you. Things that made you bleed. Things that suffer where you suffered loss. Promotions you didn't get. Houses you lost. Men who left. Women who betrayed you. It takes courage to let it go. You have to have enough faith to believe that what is in front of you is greater than what was behind you. So you didn't get it in your childhood. Don't mess up and don't get it in your manhood either. If you don't let go of your childhood, you're going to curse your manhood. Squeeze that hand. I feel the glory of the Lord in this place. The anointing, the anointing of God is here. Lord, let your spirit move through this place. Break down every yoke and every barrier. Somebody in this room could have died, could have had a nervous breakdown, been wrestling with depression, been on the verge of suicide. Nobody knows the weight that they've been under. The enemy's coming in for the kill, but you sent this word to head him off at the pass. I break every yoke. I curse every bondage. I declare liberty right now in the name of Jesus. Squeeze that hand. Everything that's had you bound, everything that's broke your heart, begin to let it go right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, let your glory take over this place. In the name of Jesus, we're going to leave here lighter than we were when we came in the door. Back up devil the spirit of the lord is here and where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty in the name of jesus i declare liberty over this house in the name of jesus let it go give him a crazy praise
That's an incredible word today. Incredible word. Let's thank God for the word one more time. Somebody's life has been extended today. Somebody got healed today. Somebody, you would have had a heart attack, but you've been healed today. You were on your way to cancer, but you got forgiven and healed today. Somebody ought to go ahead and thank God for your miracle today. Can you help me thank God for my pastor, Bishop T.D. Jakes? Can you help me thank God for him? Thank you, sir. Some of y'all might not get it just yet, but you're going to need it. <laughs> tell your neighbor, you might not need it now, but you're going to need it before the year is out. Come on, tell your neighbor, you're going to need it before the year is out, before your life is over. <laughs> 